Uh, yay verily, last time on Dice Funk. I was wondering if you know anything about the red snow over there. One uh, leads you to believe the thing that left uh, went in the direction of uh, the bar, mm. the bartender Potter's uh, place of business. And the other one leads you to believe that that person or thing went in the direction of barber surgeon Venta's place of business, which would be, I uh, guess, the barber shop slash surgery. I'm, I'm glad you said what you're saying a second ago, Austin, because that my initial thought with lots of blood was uh, the the truce and alliance we have with a very big group of people just outside of the village. And all of you know that if you go and stand on this sigil, um, it's, it basically scans you and then the, you will be lowered into the bar, which is actually underground. I'm picturing, like, this is the system for keeping underage people out of the bar. It's like, no, you're too, y- you're too young to come in. You didn't pass the scan check. Where's the box? Hey, bro, I, th- I think the box is in is in the governor's lodge. Perhaps it's in the desk. So I've had this dream about all this blood, and last night it happened. And then uh, I got Potter to safety when I came home and slept. It, I, it feels like it's gone. I didn't dream about it. And, it, but I, and also, I tried to, and I think it's gone. I wonder if anyone's been having spider nightmares that have recently stopped. Going to open the door, and they've stabbed themselves in the forehead with the needle. Oh my and god. just say, Eureka, I have figured it out! Uh, I mean, that's appropriate, because I think what you figured out through your experiments is that the stuff the nightmare spider is made out of is thought. <gasps> I love that. Disagrees you on the internet, just say you went to law school. Like, it doesn't matter what you're fighting about. You can just say you went to law school and you can tell yourself you won the argument. And but when nobody actually like agrees with you, they're like, What does that have to do with this? That's, that's, that's just a retort to any our discussion here. It's like, Okay, uh, and uh, to this carbonara, we're gonna add tomato sauce. Like, tomato sauce doesn't belong in carbonara. Hey, I went to law school, okay. <laughs> I gotta tell you, maybe that meant something once, but you know who else went to law school? Rudy Giuliani. So, <laughs> I don't know that that fucking means anything. Yeah, but you know who says, I went to law school? Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> He'll go, sweetheart, I went to law school. Okay? I know oh, how economics oh, gosh, works. That is, a, that is a terrible power move, trying to call someone sweetheart right away. Well, no, I'm mm. just saying, that's what like old men do. They call oh, you sweetheart and call you stupid. Oh, yeah. That's the worst thing he's done recently. Anyway. <laughs> I don't know how much of that I'm leaving in. Last time we left this adventure, uh, the investigation was actually going really well. I had some red herrings laid out on the table for you to waste time with, and you kind of just swatted them off like a cat with mm-hmm. a water glass. You're like, I don't believe it's the giant. We found Smack. other things to waste our time on. Thank you very much. I hope you don't mind that like, I used up 
all of my intelligence for the season on that one being okay at, at investigating, and I'm going to be a dumbass for the rest of the season now. That's a good trade. I think that's worth it. Uh, so where you were physically was inside the Genius of Grendel's workshop. They have just done an experiment to confirm that the things you've been uh, fighting, the Nightmare Spider and the blood, are made up of thought. Uh, creatures made of thought are called tulpas, T-U-L-P-A. It's a Tibetan word. It just basically means a, a thought that has come to life. Um, and so where are you going to go next to investigate this? Because it seems the threat is still out there. I cannot help but think that you keep calling everything that's made of thought, as in T-H-O-T. Exactly. And I just imagine, like, hot girls, like, dancing. Look, there's still time in this season for someone to be having dreams about hot girls dancing so we can have thought thoughts. Wait, Nightmares yes. of hot girls dancing in particular. Exactly. Just The nightmarish thought thoughts. <laughs> yeah, they're all being mean to you. They're really tall and pretty, and they all yell at you. That's it. Now we're into pixel squirt uh, <laughs> territory. Uh, my girlfriend didn't know what thought meant, T-H-O-T. I had to explain it to her. It's very funny. It's one of, uh, she just, I guess, missed a lot of pop culture in the last couple of years. Another great <laughs> one was uh, the concept of stanning. Because mm. she had never heard the Eminem song Stan. Um, and so she thought it was like a reference to how a bunch of countries end in Stan, like Afghanistan and Uzbekistan. <laughs> She thought people were saying, like, oh, yeah, I belong to, like, you know, the Chicago Bears stand. I stand them. And it was like, that's that's absolutely nothing. And I played the song for her. That's actually better than what the real explanation for it is. <laughs> uh, you're just taking her side because you're her friend. <laughs> no, I like that way better because it doesn't even make sense with the Eminem song anymore. Like, we've turned the concept of standing into the exact opposite of what it meant originally. So the idea, like, no, I belong to, you know, fucking uh, cheesesteak stand, basically, because I stand cheesesteaks or whatever. It's a better way of doing it. Well, I'll I'll submit to the to co committee and see if we can get that redefined uh, for please, you, Chris. Please do. Yeah, I mean, you, you've, 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 you've gone to law school, so you know where to submit this yeah. stuff, so. Yeah. <laughs> please, Chris, I went to law school. Submit, submit a new <laughs> law about this. That's how you do it, right? You just put a law that says that that's how it is. That's right. Uh, so now it's time to inhabit your characters and decide what to do next. <laughs> it's time so. to inherit the characters. That's me going inside. I'm sorry, Mark. Can we get that again? <laughs> That's me going inside of slime as my character. Thank you. I'm going to have to put a content warning on this one now. <laughs> content warning, Mari gets in character. <laughs> Literally. So, so we're, we're dealing with, with, with dream monsters, it seems. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. Who... who could maybe be helpful with dreams in town. What is a dream? Well, most uh, most other residents in this town, other than you, uh, have to sleep in order to recover when the when the when it is night. And during that time, the mind continues to work independent from any intention. And it is thought that well. Thoughts that are formed in the mind can manifest in visions, in sights and sounds and other sensations while one is unconscious. And these are dreams. So everyone in town is laying down and hallucinating for several hours a night? Yeah, yeah, basically. But like weird disjointed hallucinations, like there's no coherence to them. Nothing quite makes sense. It's all a bit weird. And you find this enjoyable? 
Yeah, it's a real roll of the dice. You're either going to spend all night, like, eating a burrito the size of a planet, or, you know, being haunted by everything you've ever feared and you have no clothes on. But, like, in a way that is scary. Is this why your eyes move when you guys are laying down at night and I'm watching you? Yeah, that is why that happens. There's only one individual I can think of who might have heard of various dreams recently. And that would be... Our nearby therapist, Ruth, would know more, I would assume. I don't know how much they can comment on anyone's specific nightmares, but they might be able to give some ideas of what types of nightmares have been happening recently, if any. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's what I was, I was going to get to there, is mm, confidentiality might be a problem, but you're right, they probably would know the answer. Is there anything else you want to investigate here for the time being, genius? No, no, we have things to do. I have caused enough explosions for right now. <laughs> and then I'm going to set my desk on fire. So as you leave, like some people turn off the lights or do, you know, get lock up for the night. You set a small fire just to keep it yeah. lively. Um, question. Did we have enough time to short rest during all this experimentation? Yep. Okay. I will take that to note. Okay. So uh, in addition to igloos, another interesting type of Arctic domicile I learned about was essentially just using uh, whale skeletons and kind of draping furs over them to create mm. essentially like, you know, the same kind of heat bubble inside of this. But in our in our world, uh, we have a, a special type of uh, whale that we've established in the previous season, which is the blue whale eagle or buigle. Love it. Uh, so absolutely enormous blue whale skeleton uh, that landed here up on this mountain because it was part whale, part eagle. Um, and <laughs> uh, it, Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the weagle is a, a beautiful creature. Um, but yes, Ruth's uh, a place of business and actually like living space is a giant buigle carcass, uh, the ribs of which form the walls of her her building, and then it has been draped in you know furs and insulating equipment and so like so forth. So from a, from a distance, it looks uh, not quite as macabre as it is on the inside, <laughs> which has a very Jonah and the whale feeling. I think on the inside, um, I'm not going to describe Ruth yet because as you walk into the therapist's office, uh, you notice that she is not here. Are there any, like, indications, marks, uh, out-to-lunch signs that might be set up around the space? Good question. Let's roll investigation. Aze rolled a 16. Uh, a 5 from Neelith to help. 22. All right, we got two successes. So the party passes. 22 means the genius of Grendel is going to take the lead here. Uh, so as I said before, you, you uh, from the outside, this is a pretty standard-looking kind of uh, Arctic building. It doesn't really raise that many eyebrows. But when you pass through the entrance, uh, you see that the walls are these enormous ribs, which has a probably a less than calming feeling. Uh, but then you're hit by the vibes of this place, which are intensely peaceful. Uh, this is a, th a therapy office where Ruth, you know, is a professional 
uh, I won't say psychiatrist, but I don't know if that really matches the feudal <laughs> conception mm. of the medicine we have. But let's just say that for our purposes, psychiatrist. Um, and there is some kind of magic at work in here. 22, genius, I'm going to give you everything. There's a, there's a magical vibe in here, which is uh, soothing as part of, you know, the, the business that happens here. Uh, you don't see... You don't see signs of a struggle, I guess, which is the first thing to note during an investigation. That's always the first thing to look for. Nothing is uh, like thrown about or smashed up, but it does look like she left in a hurry. I think it's probably like a, I was going to say uh, like uh, tea, but when you find out what species it is, that won't make sense. So I guess there really isn't any food. I think maybe you just find a notebook, which is like half of, you know, written in like mid sentence, mm -hmm. which strikes you as strange. So something happened. Um, I think you probably see a calendar. She has, uh, you know, appointments from people in the village all throughout the year. I think everyone in town sees her except for the genius of Grendel, Shoko, and Pastor Vary. Maybe, maybe not Slime. I don't know. Slime, do you see any? Is this interesting or useful to you? Uh, no. <laughs> Hard pass on that. <laughs> Hard pass on that. Yeah, so everybody but the, those four characters, I think, will probably be here in in like the ca on the calendar. Um, but any like medical information is locked up, so I mean you can break into that stuff if you want to. But to start with, before any crimes are committed, <laughs> I'll say that breaking into the town's medical record seems like a great way to have everybody hate us and not see us as friendly, helpful members of the community. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's part of what we're exploring here this season is it, the ethical way to keep people safe. And it probably does not involve going through their personal mental health records. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not necessarily nice to just walk in, kick down the door and go, your secrets are mine. I'm the law. <laughs> uh, with a 22, the most important thing I'm going to give you here, Genius of Grendel, is that there's an area of the floor, which I think is uh, earthen with like rugs over it um which is normal for this style of uh like building uh th there's an area of earth that is perfectly smooth in a way that strikes you as unnatural <laughs> and i think if you hadn't rolled above a 20 you'd say like oh that something happened someone left i don't know where they went but with it with the 22 i think this is what catches your eye and you think this is the key to figuring out where ruth is gone can I, uh, like, knock on the thing, uh, on the earth? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so you just re reached out and knock on the ground. And I think uh, all of you, all four of you, are immediately hear a voice inside your head, which says, Hello there! Please help me! Can I cast the spell knock, then, to explode open the <gasps> earth? Uh, interesting. Um, uh, I don't think rules as written this does anything. Um, uh, but it's, I, yeah, there's a loud knock noise and like dirt shoots up and you, the voice, all of you hear again. And she's, <laughs> you hear the voice again say like, well, th that didn't quite help, but I, you're close. Wait, whereabouts are you? I, I don't know. It's very dark. Uh, can I attempt to use detect thoughts to sort of try and triangulate where 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 these thoughts coming from? Yeah, well, okay. So yes, you can. I have to say that when you're trying to access thoughts and someone's speaking in your head, she's like, I am already here. What are you doing? Get out of there. And I think uh, you take... Boop. 
one damage. I rolled a D4. Once. Uh, trying to psychically bypass the the spells that protect the mental security of anyone in the, the psychiatrist's office. I mean, I was only doing surface level. I was purely trying to do the whole, I can only do this at a certain distance. How, how, where, mm, distances. Yeah, I only ro- rolled a 1d4 for the surface. I think if you tried to go deeper, you probably would have met more resistance. But that's also, it's just important, I think, to establish yeah. that this is this is a no uh, peak zone. Uh, some some commenters have said about, uh, you know, detect thoughts is kind of a uh, gray space, consensually speaking. And I think this is one of those times where it's like, eh, it's actually not particularly cool to look into someone's brain. It's a really shitty thing to do to people who, you know, have not consented to it. But... Situations. I mean, most D and D spells are about lighting people on fire. Mm-hmm. So it's. I mean, it's all bad. It's all problematic. But yeah, emotionally bad is worse. Most people can punch you back. They can't psychically read your brain back. Mm-hmm. But Ruth can. can uh, I cast, or can I do an Arcana check on this piece of earth? Uh, absolutely. Uh, Twenty-three. Holy shit. Genius of Grendel. Perfect investigation on the scene and then perfect arcana check. I think you uh, you can see the magic because of your spectacles and then you can perfectly understand what's going on here, which is that there are a lot of wards and auras uh, enchanted on this building to protect the privacy of the people who are here. Uh, but whatever magic uh, happened recently and that is involved in this case, uh, it came from an outside source and it appears to have trapped... Uh, Ruth in the floor. Mm. She is in. She seems to be underground beneath you. Uh, I'm gonna start digging using the fro- using my frying pan. All right, athletics. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> She's just a little squid. Thirteen. Uh, yeah. So above average is, I think, what it takes to dig a hole. So thirteen is is gonna hit that. A frying pan is basically a shovel. I'm good. Yeah, it's cute. Yeah. So the genius Grendel figures out what's going on, relays the situation to you, and Neely just digs a hole with her uh, frying pan in the middle of the floor. And I think eventually, uh, you you uncover Ruth, the therapist, who I will now describe as she is pulled from the earth. Uh, she is a flump, which is fun to say. I'm glad I get to say it again. You're a flump. Austin wishes he was a flump. Let's be honest here. I do. It's really the ideal life. So flumps are probably best described as psychic jellyfish. Um, they differ from jellyfish in a couple of ways. One, they have eye stalks. Uh, two, they float. Uh, and three, they don't sting. They are one of the earliest uh, creatures in D&D, one of their like, OG creatures that were original to the game, uh, one of the only notable lawful good creatures for much of the game's history because Dungeons and Dragons is a game about killing people and taking their loot. Not much use for lawful good creatures who you can't just murder with impunity. Mm-hmm. Uh, They're like often considered... Uh, like the lamest or the dumbest <laughs> creature. They, if you just like Google like top 10 dumbest D&D creatures or worst, uh, you're going to find a lot of people who uh, talk shit about the flump. But here on Dice Funk, we respect the flump and what they bring to the universe, which is uh, good vibes. Flumps are literal perfection. I love them very much. <laughs> uh, a thing about them is they glow different colors depending on their mood. Uh, as psychic creatures, they actually feed off of 
uh, thoughts and emotions. Um, that's why I, earlier I was like, oh, there's a uh, a cup of tea left here, half finished. And I was like, well, I don't know if Ruth drinks tea. She kind of feeds off of emotions. But an interesting uh, wrinkle to the glowing different colors based on mood uh, that Cosmignon uh, added to the character when she designed it was that Ruth has a kind of glowing uh, Rorschach design mm-hmm. uh, instead of like red for angry, blue for sad, green for uh, scared. I'm just, there's different colors, meaning for flumps. She has all of them in a shifting uh, pattern that, uh, well, you tell me, does it look like your mother? <laughs> what does that mean? How does that make you feel? How does that make you feel? Like, answer this. How does this make you feel? How does, oh, oh, no, uh, uh, I'm not going to answer that question. Well, okay then. Mm. <laughs> mm, interesting interesting, interesting. Um, but yeah that's uh, uh, she is I mean a flumps kind of uh, vary in size I would say it's probably you know goblin sized um, so as you pull her out of the earth and she has all these like tentacles dangling down and she has her eye stalks up top and she does have a mouth an important thing uh, I think is that flumps do have mouths I don't know why people forget that but they do floaty tentacle buddy Yay, more more small floaty tentacle friends. <laughs> tentacle club? You and you and Ruth? Tentacle club. Tentacle club. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so you you dig her up out of the ground with your frying pan and she wraps her tentacles around your tentacles and you both start chanting. Tentacle club. Tentacle club. Tentacle club. <laughs> she rises out of the ground reborn. Uh, are you feeling all right, Ruth? No, I'm feeling quite bad. I was buried alive. Who buried you? I do not know. I was sitting here, going over my notes, and I was seized by a terrible force. A familiar force. I felt it in my dreams. I I, I know it's not really usually our, our place to do it this way around. Tell us about your dreams. <laughs> what have you what have you been dreaming and how did it make you feel? Ruth shakes the dirt off and floats over to the uh, the seat of the couch and <laughs> lays down on the couch and says, Well, it all starts with my mother. Of course. Uh Aze's gonna have like some one of his notebooks pulled out and just sort of writing things down while this is all going on. Uh, while this is all happening, uh, Neelith is obsessively uh, with a with a cloth trying to clean the dirt off of the frying pan because while it was useful and important and necessary, there is now dirt on the food implement. Oh, this is important. Is it cast iron? Do you have to season it? Is it oh, carbon 100, steel? One hundred percent cast iron. Okay, okay. So <laughs> you have to treat it like a fragile little baby. Yeah, you have to so give it a little. Yeah, get, getting this thing clean right now is going to be a bit of work. <laughs> How recently have these particular nightmares been happening, Ruth? Oh, for a long time. Being buried alive has always been my greatest fear. I feed off of emotions, much the way Neely feeds off of thoughts. It's, uh, it's a weakness to be left alone. Terrifying. So, when you got buried i apologize for prying like this did it just happen all of a sudden did you have that a sense of a a bad feeling or a premonition of sorts before it happened or was it just abrupt it was like the earth itself ate me up 
you know how in a dream logic can be fluid so sometimes you have a leg for an arm but you know it's an arm because in the dream it's an arm even though it's clearly a leg but in the in the dream it's an arm exactly so i think we should just lay out on the on the on, on the table what's happening um we mm, some kind of force is making people's dreams come to life in ways that can be harmful to them or others specifically it's making their nightmares into reality that seems to be the case people's nightmares are manifesting and that's a problem just a side note slime is completely unable to comprehend this <laughs> yeah this it's is just, all complete gibberish they yeah. they hear people talking and they're describing things that apparently are in their head and now are real and it just it doesn't make any sense at all we're basically worried that there might be someone in town with a more terrifying or powerful or dangerous nightmare that we might need to prepare for until we can work out how to stop this. Oh yes, this seems very bad. Nightmares can be anything, and they don't follow the rules of logic or physics. Your enemy couldn't possibly be more dangerous. Yes, this is why we are principally concerned about whose nightmares might be affected next, and if it's and how they might manifest. So, I, we 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 get that you can't just tell us everything that is confidential and that you know, but can you think of any way you can help us? Because I mean, no one in this town is better equipped to have an idea of what what might be coming than you. It is true that both the laws of my profession and the powerful magics that enchant my office prevent me from breaking confidentiality with my clients. However, I can tell you things that have occurred outside the aegis of our appointments. Anything, even just basic trends in in dreams might be helpful, but I trust you to disclose whatever you can. Well, first I will say that I believe the good historian Hale has mentioned to me outside of business hours that he is afraid of spiders. He mentioned in passing a story once as a boy putting his foot in a slipper only to find a brown recluse. Most terrifying necrotic venom. Hmm. Well, that might relate to that one there. Uh, there's just sort of like writing, like writing things down in his little notebook there. But I do not know the mechanism which may have brought these tulpas to the village. I think in addition to finding out who the nightmares belong to, you must find out how they relate to each other. I have not seen Hale in some time, and yet uh, we are both affected by the same force. And this is all happening in relatively rapid succession, too. Ruth, is there any chance that you were asleep when this all went down? Just now, when the earth swallowed me up, no, I was taking notes. And from your story, it seemed like 
Venta was walking home, not asleep at all. Yeah, I, I was thinking in my head maybe they passed out in the snow or something. I, mm, okay. I wasn't sure if, if we just told everyone to drink a lot of coffee, if that would buy us some time. Yes, that's always how it works in the Freddy Krueger movies. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, a popular set of myths and fables, for sure. But it seems that this, instead of invading nightmares... Sorry, I just realized in our universe he's Freddy Cougar, mm -hmm. the tabaxi. That's right. Uh, <laughs> Freddy Cougar invades into the world of the asleep. This seems to manifest nightmares while the people are awake. Ah, a classic reverse Freddy Cougar. Mm-hmm. Would that be a Cougar Freddy? <laughs> Manifesting a tulpa is not an easy thing. There are many people who claim to be able to do so, but I've never heard of a confirmed case of someone being able to do so at will seems a rare phenomenon the only the only other piece of information we have had found is uh a needle a magical needle oh no it was a needle and the blood that was on it was magical so i don't know if the needle has anything to do with the manifesting but indeed trying to source the if there's an individual manifesting unwittingly or otherwise sourcing where who that might be would indeed uh aid in all of this well if you have a question about needles there's only one person in town to ask our beloved taylor yes we thought about visiting marina sooner but now might be the appropriate time to pay them a visit if you learn more you may need to return to me I have much knowledge of the mind, so I may be able to help you once you know more about the source of this magic. I, I, I know you can't tell us anything about anyone's, you know, dreams or nightmares, but, like, last question. Can you tell us, like, anything we should bring with us in a very vague sense? Like, would an umbrella help? A change of underwear. <laughs> A, 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 an axe, a screwdriver, a spanner, a book, a dictionary, and any of these helpful? I do not think so. Although, I cannot reveal confidential information. You all can reveal to each other information that may become useful later. What nightmares plague you? Aze just sort of sits for a moment and, has, and looks to Ruth thoughtfully and says i know that we have spent some time talking about the types of dreams i've been having for well quite a while and it's a it's a little difficult to unpack all of it at once i don't think neelith wants to share this information to ruth in this moment but i can send the information to austin if austin would like to use it against me <laughs> I mean, yeah, sure. For uh, slime doesn't fear things, but they avoid things that will hurt them. Mm -hmm. And they do have wants and desires. They're just a little different. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's. I mean, that is. Uh, I, I also think that there actually could be some elements from the backstory that could be tapped into with some interesting consequences too. Like, 
Well, yeah, slime likes to avoid alcohol and fire, but they don't consider them to be bad things, just things to avoid. (laughs) will, Aze will just take a long sigh as Ruth presses him on the matter and says, In short, uh, my main fears have been ever since I have taken on the role of mystic for Grendel, ever since I've had to take over for the former mystic, my my mentor, I've always been fearful of making mistakes, making misjudgments in my analysis, either of others or the charts, and that information, that mistaken information leading to some grander problem one way or another. I thought of a fear for slime. Having questions and having no one to provide an answer to, to, to check on, upon, to confirm the fear that I am alone in my investigations. The fact, the fear that I was alone and now I am alone once again in that field. Health inspector found moldy food in the fridge. There you go. There's mine. Done. There we go. <laughs> He's very angry. Right. He's very angry. We have to. We have to shut the restaurant down for like two weeks. It's very, very scary. I love the contrast between like this existential crisis from Aze and the very much more practical fear of my livelihood would be destroyed because of a health inspector. I mean. That is something that I'm sure Neelith has had a bad dream about from time oh, sure. to time. Oh, sure. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. You know, like, oh, no, it's the moldy bread monster. <laughs> oh, no. We're going to have to put it in the compost bin. <laughs> I will say that I once only considered things that are part of myself as things that I would miss. But now I realize things that I have not infested the brain of are also things that I want around me. And I do not wish to lose them in a fire. So I like to think the genius has just been off, basically. I don't know what Ruth has on their desk, but uh, the genius has just been grabbing various things and electrocuting them just (laughs) to occupy themselves. Uh And the genius is going to say, Oh, you do not need to be concerned about my dream. If you happen to see a small goblin, it will be easy to kill. All right. So from the audience, I, we probably cut out a couple of minutes there of talking about uh, our, our feelings about our characters. But I think at this point, the question is, uh, where is the group going to go next? I think during that conversation, two uh, possibilities were floated. Uh, historian Hale is, a, is afraid of spiders and he ran into a spider, so he might know something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Marina is the tailor in the village. And if anybody knows where that needle came from, it'd be her. I feel, I feel like finding out where that needle came from is a big priority. You gotta get the social links early, Austin, or else you're gonna miss out. Right, you only have so many days in, in the podcast to get your social links up in order to unlock <laughs> yeah. your 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 upgraded uh, personal spells, you know? You, 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 miss, you miss out on all the best moves if you don't meet all of the characters and match their friendships out by episode 38, the official number we stop every season of Dice Funk yeah. on. The, the, other, the other thing is that when you need to, like, sacrifice your character to upgrade to a new character, the social links will make them start at a higher level i think too 
So, and what sucks is if you haven't played this game before, you don't know that the entire month of October is going to be the skiing trip. So you don't have as much time as you think. Mm. Good thing we're past October, I believe. That's that's back in the oh shoot, which season is that? Uh, that would be the season of the wing. Would be the where October falls. <laughs> Uh, so if the group agrees to go see Marina the Taylor, we have to talk about the location. Uh, I think this is the last location in the village. So people have been saying, Austin, where are the maps? We need the maps. Um, this is going to be, I think, the final pa- piece of that puzzle if, you're, if you've been waiting. Um, otherwise, I was also holding out hope. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, di- I didn't want to say that the map was complete until the players had had a chance to make some shit up because you never know when Chris is going to be like, all right, I'll be at the dispensary. And it's like, fuck, now there's a dispensary in this village. <laughs> Do you guys mind if I stop her by the dispensary? <laughs> and I will meet the raptor who runs it. That's only okay if we can also stop by the um, multi, multi-level multi shopping center so that I can pick up some things. The ninja tournament is going on right now, I believe. I I love that Ifrit from Final Fantasy runs the fantasy um, hot topic. <laughs> this is all going on the TV Chirps page. I hope you're happy. Uh, the <laughs> the tailor's uh, shop is actually in a what to you is just a long metal building. You don't really have the context, but what the audience would immediately recognize as a downed spaceship. Hmm. Huh. Hmm. It's like, uh, you know, the Millennium Falcon landed on the side of this mountain, and just all of you feudal people don't really know what that means or why it's important. There's just a big metal building here, and this is where Marina has moved in. Uh, I think she probably gutted <laughs> all the technology out of it just because it's not useful for her purposes. Yeah, so, so there's not like any chance it's going to blast off or anything. It's been basically stripped for parts, and it's now just a big metal empty space. And also, the whole thing is is probably not intact. So it's it's not like noticeably it's, – it's not like someone – it's not like the genius could just fix it and fly away from the season. Chris, I know what you're thinking. I'm sorry. You Stop. You can't spoil it now. I would like to attempt an engineering check to fix it and run away. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it's just this big metal building that's weird to all of you, and none of you know where it's from. You probably just refer to it as, you know, it's I rolled like, a 26. Do I escape? Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, Chris, <laughs> goodbye. He um, <laughs> <laughs> troubleshot his way out of the situation. What a legend. <laughs> I- <laughs> Roll credits. It's like in Far Cry 5, if you just sit still when the villain tells you, he just the- sends you home and the credits roll. <laughs> uh, <laughs> with a 26, the genius of Grendel leaves the season. I also like to think it's like, it's, like the, it's like the opening of Zero Time Dilemma where it's like, here's a coin flip. If you guess it right, you're let go. Yep, you guessed right. See you later. Here's the credits. <laughs> Uh, so this big this big metal building is the is the tailors and the person inside is Marina and they are going to need a lot of introduction because they are another species unique to Dice Funk. They are a denizen, which we have uh, former cast member Conrad Zimmerman to thank for. This is a wonderful, wonderful, lovely little fantasy species we got going on here. <gasps> oh yeah. Uh, so Conrad described them as uh, David Bowie and the man who fell to Earth which uh, he plays an alien in that film. So they have, they're humanoid with cat eyes. That's kind of the, the first important thing that he established. Uh, some other facts about them. They have four arms, 
Uh, they are scaled from the neck down. So they have like almost a reptilian kind of scaling to their, you know, most of their body, but their face looks more or less human besides the cat eyes, I guess. Um, they have clawed feet, although you will never see that on Marina. She always wears uh, very stylish shoes. Um, I'm saying that looking at this illustration in which she does not have shoes. <laughs> I just don't want to give the feet perverts any room. It's too late. It's too late. You already described the feet. So therefore, it's here. <sighs> okay. Uh, so forearms, scaly, uh, cat eyes. But besides that, humanish. Any other uh, details we want to say about the species before we talk about Marina more specifically? If you saw the movie Earth Girls Are Easy... Uh, looks similar. Does it? I know Jeff Goldblum's in that, but I don't think I've actually seen it. Yeah, and he's a giant fur. fur. Actually, you know what? If you're a furry, you'll like that movie. Just side note. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Just a fun little fact for you furries out there. Yeah, it's a furry fun movie. A furry movie wreck. <laughs> On, on Cosminon's bit of art of Marina, I really like that the scales are just sort of just crawling up onto the face a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a it's a great image. Uh, I mean, I could never do justice to the fashion going on here. As the tailor in town, obviously her drip is completely right. It's like a red cape and then like a green top and then blue shorts. Can we take a minute to appreciate that a tailor that has scales on their hands would have a really good time not needing a thimble in order to not stab <gasps> themselves when popping their pin through the fabric, yes. which like, mm, inspired, I love them. I greatly enjoy her fluffy pink hair. It's like fluffy. Yeah. Um, and she's what I would call thick <laughs> and forearms. Mm-hmm. How many hands, you know? <laughs> Four. <laughs> uh, but so all of you, you roll up. Uh, I think you just walk, you know, walk in. It's just like a shop. So there's no expectation that that's weird. And uh, you see Marina hard at work with her her forearms. She's, you know, holding things in place and sewing and measuring. She's she's very perfectly adapted to this. I in my mind, I was like, forearms is perfect for a tailor. And then Mari's like, yeah, think about what she could do with all those fingers. (laughs) I was talking about tailoring. I don't know what you are speaking Uh, of. Horny jail. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, bonk. <laughs> Austin here pretending not to be the horny one. <laughs> I have never been horny, not even once. No, no not even a once. Definitely not at Disney. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Everyone, shut up. <laughs> Aze has to take a glance over where the if there are any scarves and such on display first, just because. I mean, he has to perception check to look at scarves. Oh. Well, I, I suppose I can. Let me just double check my bonus. I want you to botch on scarves. Oh. I don't know how that would play out, but I want to see you botch on scarves. Not quite, but that's a 10. <laughs> so close. Oh. All right. So with, with a 10, I want to say there's some nice scarves here. Uh, you do get average, so you don't take damage from this, but you do step on a needle. It just doesn't, the angle isn't like a deep wound. It's just like a glancing blow. Uh, Ozzy will will pick up the needle and then does it look like the same type of needle we had before that uh, Potter stepped on? Yep, exactly the same. Is Ozzy bleeding uncontrollably in a way that wouldn't make sense for the the injury? Not at all. Not even a little. Mm, Unfortunate. I mean, good, good. Uh, Anyways, uh, Ozzy's just like... Ugh, jeez. Uh, Marina, I think I found an- another one of your needles around here. 
Right, right, of course. Yep, they'll be all over. I leave them all around town. You leave them all around town? Well, not on purpose. <laughs> I'm just, you know, I've got, I'm, I work, I, I, I make house calls. Mm, yes, yes. Have you ever had a nightmare about one of your needles stabbing someone and then them bleeding forever and not stopping bleeding? Come again? Uh, it, eternal bleeding needle nightmare. Ever had one? I don't know what you're on about, mate. I'm assuming that means no. Aze uh, will approach Miranda, then offer up the needle uh, uh, to her. I think just with a fluid motion, she's like takes it and like puts it in her hair or something. She probably has like a dozen of them. We we came across a, a needle of yours earlier. Um, it was involved in a rather bizarre accident. Okay, so rather than recount. For again, what's been going on? Do you, we just say you tell Marina what's happened so far? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we explain we just... to Marina's what's happened. Yeah, yeah. She she says, I don't know nothing about any of that. That sounds wild. Um, I'm sorry to hear about Potter. I I'll bring him a cake or something. He's he's feeling better, but yeah, that's it's. So basically, the long and short of it is that we're trying to see what other nightmares might be coming about and and if there's if you have either noticed anything unusual or has anything odd happened around here that everything seems on the up and up for you marina yeah i haven't seen much i've been very busy with all the the preparations at this point before you can ask about what preparations genius you did roll a 26 which i know is a joke about stealing the the this ancient a derelict spaceship but if you want to use that to do an experiment because we've established basically that you can use experiments to improve things about your character like you did with the grease is there something here in the tailors that you could uh use to like augment a spell uh well i have vampiric touch Mm-hmm. so i could make it like a freddy krueger glove that i <gasps> stab people with all right, so you want to vampiric toucha? <laughs> or are you staying with the Final Fantasy? Va- vampira is what we'll call it. Vampira, yeah. Oh no, it's gonna be Super Toucha. I don't like that. <laughs> this is the sequel to Super Seducer. Um, so basically, you're gonna incorporate the needles uh, in Marina's shop because you, I mean, this whole arc has really just been inspiring you about blood and needles and absorption. I cannot wait to use this to capture people's dreams and then run experiments on them. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, so everyone looks over at the genius as they finish with whatever terrible monstrosity they've constructed. It's just uh, like a leather glove with like uh, like a couple tubes cackling with uh, crackling with electricity and then just long jagged needles where all of the fingers are. Can they be crackling and cackling? That would uh, yeah. be upsetting. Uh, it, actually, they probably are cackling from the dream monsters that are inside them. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> That's great. It's like so. It's like yeah. So, what sort of preparations have been been dealing with? Is this special for this winter or just in general? Oh, for for Young Day coming up. Out of character, Young Day. Yeah, history roll to know about this. I think. All of you know at least a little bit, so there, there's a like floor for your ignorance. But let's roll to see perhaps how much you know. Mm. 
That would be an 11 from me. 12. 5. 17. All right, so uh, the party uh, got, got average. 11, 12, and 17 are all above 10. Uh, so I would say that the party knows Young Day. That's Y-E-U-N-G. Uh, Young Day is much... It's like basically this universe is like Columbus Day, except not genocidal. Mm-hmm. Uh, y- Captain Young was a famous explorer who discovered the world above at the top of the mountain, or at least that's what the story is, uh, what the story has become, is brave Captain Young uh, led the first... Uh, teams up to the surface and explored the new world uh, but completely uh, distinct <laughs> from in our universe is that there are no natives to displace or abuse up there mm-hmm. so it's completely guilt-free exploration but the the holiday young day is basically uh, a celebration of the that the explore exploration and adventurous spirit embodied in the the historical figure of captain young um, and you all, you all know like the basics of it. And I think, uh, you know, th- that's basically with the average role, that's where it stops. Like none of you know what she would be preparing or why, <laughs> but she just says she's preparing for that holiday. I take it you're on track at least to get your work done in time for the holiday. We're snowed in one way or the other, so it doesn't really matter. You know, the rest of the world can celebrate it when the sun is shining. We'll, we'll get there when we get there. If it's a little late. You know, I, I have an excuse because of the weather. Well, who else would have these sorts of needles? Oh, uh, well, I've been doing all my preparations with uh, Sun, Moon, Stars. So if if anyone else has got any of my materials, it'd be her. Oh, interesting. Marina, what do you nocturnally hallucinate about? How's that? Nightmares. Hallucinate? <laughs> Wait, you're the cops. Are you trying to buy drugs for me? No, no, no. <laughs> First we are and not foremost, cops. We are not cops. That concept doesn't exist yet, and you know it, Marina. There is uh, no government to, to enforce the law upon to. So therefore, we are community watch leaders. Well, in that case, I do have some drugs, if you'd like some slime. Will the drugs make me dream? There's only one way to find out. Give me the drugs. <laughs> But first, tell me of your nocturnal hallucinations. Okay, so two things. One, can you make a constitution check for me, Slime? Because I think uh, Marina, like, does a hand-to-hand drug transaction in the middle of her store. She has four hands, so she's, like, uh, gesticulating, you know, to keep Aze uh, his attention, who she she thinks is a a no-fun guy. And she, like, palms you some drugs. I roll a seven. Oh no! Okay, so <laughs> slime. Can you describe to me your bad trip, aka your, I guess, failed integration with these drugs? I'm, I'm picturing just like her slipping you some, because you said hallucinate at night. I just like slipping you like some mushrooms, just like a couple of psilocybin. Mm, the the, yeah. So, so, as soon as the drugs touch me, because my whole body can digest any part, because I'm covered in myself, slime. I immediately absorb it and take the entire trip in a matter of 10 seconds oh they they hit real and i just roll my head back with my eyes wide open and scream really loudly for 10 seconds and then i stop neelith is using a tentacle to try and uh try and just like reassuringly 
Pat Slime. Yeah, okay, so there's a lot going on. I think uh, Slime tries to integrate the psilocybin and then screams, uh, and then just go complete, goes back to a completely flat affect afterwards, like it yes. didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And then I ask, was that a dream? <laughs> I mean, that's that's probably... That's the short version of the no- nightmare. Yes. We you you well depends. Did you experience any sense any sensory information during those moments? Yes. Yeah, sensory information that isn't actually happening, but your brain thinks is happening, is basically a dream. Ah. Everything turned into fire and everyone ran away and never came back. But it was only for 10 seconds, but it felt like 10,000 years. As a consequence of this failed role, I think the scream got the attention of your pet cat. <gasps> who, I don't know if they like you, but they, they recognize you. They know who slash what you are. And they recognize that you're making a noise. And so I think... Uh, as cats are wont to do, uh, it decides to leave your house. <laughs> I mean, my cat is constantly opening the door during recording. So I'm just picturing cat jumping up, you know, getting on their hind legs, their little ant legs, opening the door, and then just bounding through the snow. Um, and then you hear a roar outside of the tailor's place. Cat, come to me, cat. We have sufficiently bonded now. It's safe. Do not worry. Uh, okay, well, we've done uh, two animal handling checks. Here's the third. I love my rule of three. So if this one fails, oh gosh, I really hope it does. It's going to be so funny, Mari. Please fail this animal handling check. You're um, asking for good, it. Good so. roll, good roll. 15. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, no, I can't show favoritism. This is also fine. <laughs> it's okay if the cat like so the cat comes to your uh aid i guess is uh it's been biting you and being mean to you since you met but with this i think it shows the first glimmer of concern about this and uh when it kind of pokes its head into the tailor's shop you can uh what's the word i'm looking for not comfort but like you know tell cat everything's okay it is okay cat everything is okay we're bonded now you you understand what dreams are. Your cat probably has those. <gasps> cat, do you dream? <laughs> you and the cat look into each other's eyes and the just trying to stare into each other's eyes and see each other's minds. And I don't know that there's ever been a less uh relatable to me as a human <laughs> kind of train of thought. But And we just both just sit there and you guys keep talking. We're just staring at each other. <laughs> the whole time. The whole time. Everyone else keeps doing what they're doing. We're just going to stare at each other's eyes. Can I get uh, from non-slime party members I, a from non-slime party members? Can I get a perception check? Yes, mm-hmm. if you must. Uh, they rolled a ten again. Eleven. Twelve. Uh, wow. 10, 11, 12, all perfectly average. Um, I was looking for a 15. So basically the way this plays out is Aze says to Marina, what have you been dreaming about? Have you had any nightmares recently? Um, But that gets misinterpreted. Slime goes on a trip. Uh, Cat comes back and then everyone's looking at Slime and Cat staring into each other's eyes. And so that's going on for like an excruciatingly long time. Uh, And everyone's just like, okay, well, we'll we're going to let Slime do that. And then you turn back to Marina to finish your conversation, uh, and she is gone. Detect thoughts. 
Yeah, what's the range on Detect Thoughts? Uh, 30 feet. Oh. No, nothing. Okay. I didn't hear- I didn't hear where she went off to. Uh, uh, is there- is there like a door in the back that- Yeah, so it sounds like you want to try to follow a trail, that's survival. So if everyone wants to roll survival, that's where we are. Six. That'd be 18 from Aze. Seven. So the party fails. Only the 18 past the DC. So I think you like you see that Marina's gone, Aze. You hop the counter because like there, when you walk into the tailors, there's like a counter where you can you know, talk to the staff who like buy stuff. You know, I don't know why I'm, expl- I'm explaining a shop counter to you. Like you don't. Uh, know no, no, no. Please continue. Uh, can, you, can you describe the exact dimensions of the counter? The woods <laughs> is made out of. Possibly is this is the surface finished or unfinished? If you put a beverage on it, will it leave a ring on it, or do you need to use uh and you need to use like uh, a coaster, or is it fine? You know, <laughs> you hop you hop the balsa wood counter, uh, unfinished. Uh, there's uh, some some slight scuffs. There's two coffee stains. <laughs> Just spend fifteen minutes describing this counter. Uh, you you hop it and you go to the back door and you open that one up. And it looks like you know it wasn't escape hatch on this ship uh, and you open it and there's just howling snowstorm um, you, you assume that whatever happened to Marina happened you know out this door uh, but you, you, do, you do not see a trail um, and with everybody failing I think at this point everyone just follows you out as you go running off into the, the wind and the snow and it's dark and you don't see her uh, and yeah, I, th- I think it, this investigation ha- has happened like an indeterminate amount, like indeterminate time of day, because it's just the snowstorm is so overwhelming. It doesn't really matter if it's day or night, but it's getting really dark now. And so you're just completely uh, helpless out here. Aze is going to activate his starry uh, uh, form slash, you know, uh, astrological singularity he's going to activate the scribe again so his arms will start glowing the uh shape of an eye in a scroll uh form on his arms and so he emits some light so it's easier to see first and foremost can i investigate the scene and see if there's any clues that might have been left behind yep absolutely uh 17 with a 17, the genius of Grendel, uh, you you see Aze wandering through the snow. He has uh, the constellation on his body lighting it up. But even though you can see now, you realize that you don't know what you'd even be following. Uh, so I think with the 17 on investigation, you look around the, the tailor's shop. You see all the needles. You remember the needle you have with, with the nightmare stuff on it. And you uh, come up with a quick... Uh, genius solution uh, in the same way you incorporated the needles into your glove I think you do a quick uh, bending of space and time around the needle and you try to basically return the nightmare stuff the thought juice from the spider back to the tulpa um, so it's like magnets you magnetize the the goo mm. to try to tell it to go back to the other goo and then you can follow it with Aze's light Um Chris, you and I are both uh, familiar with uh, that part near the end of Diamond is Unbreakable where they do this with blood. Yes. Um, (laughs) I would like to channel that. Uh, I would also note I've been working with magnets recently and they've been making me rather angry. So I'm going to channel some of that frustration there. 
Okay, Magnets are about to get it. They've had it good for too long. It's time to tell yeah. Magnets what's They've what. They've had it too good for too long. Yeah, so you you uh, you know use your science magic to uh, charge up the the thought goo, the thought juice, and the the needle floats away and begins going through the snowstorm. And Aza, your body is covered in the glowing constellations, and so you're a beacon. Everyone follows as the needle floats through the air, and it kind of hooks uh, at a weird angle off the beaten path. You would have not been able to you know just stumble upon this if you had all succeeded on your survival role maybe you'd have figured this out but it's like down an obscure footpath uh to uh a, a part of town but all the buildings are closed because uh the businesses are seasonal and the people who run them are either you know not operating or they've left for the winter mm -hmm. um so it's just these all these kind of closed uh boarded up buildings and you see the needle kind of hook between them and there's like a dark alley uh, I mean, Alley is is more urban than I mean. I guess just like behind uh, a closed uh, building here. What kind of what kind of building is seasonal that's closed? Um, Spirit of Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> Spirit of Halloween. You fucking asshole. I was literally thinking as for like commentary purposes, it's because all the adventurers coming and going will like stock up on weapons. But this is such a nice peaceful village where nothing bad ever happens. So it's like the sword store. <laughs> Yeah, our local our our local Halloween festivity costume shop closes down when there aren't enough festivals. Mm -hmm. Spirit Halloween parentheses now with real swords. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Where else in town are you going to buy a pumpkin themed axe? Also, <gasps> with real spirits as well. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I would love that. Uh, all right, so uh, all of you roll initiative uh, because it took you a while to to catch up. I'm going to roll initiative with advantage. 21. Is there going to be a fight this season that Neelith doesn't start? So you follow this needle as it goes into the spirit Halloween now with real swords. Um, and you see uh, it kind of slip. Uh, the door has been like left uh, slightly ajar. The needle slips in uh, and then all of you walk up to the door. I open the door and what do I see? Aze has the uh, constellation light going, right? Yeah, Aze has his uh, the scribe constellation on his arms, so he's emitting bright light for 10 feet and dim light for another 10 feet beyond that, I believe is what it is. All right, yeah, so that's the perfect atmospheric amount of light uh, to cut through enough of the, the Spirit Halloween now with real swords and to catch a glimpse of something in the corner by the Halloween masks uh, c kind of huddled down as if it was about to do something terrible. Uh, this creature is six seven feet tall although it's very hunched uh it seems like partially furry it has two uh curled sharp horns uh it has clawed fingers um and it has uh from what you can see of its bloody mouth a long forked tongue uh and it also is carrying a wriggling sack which seems to be bloody and there seems to be someone inside the sack trying to fight their way out uh, because what's in the corner of this store is a Krampus. <gasps> I was gonna ask if it was a Krampus. Marina's favorite holiday? It's Christmas. And if there's one thing she hates more than losing her needles, it's that dang old Krampus. I mean, that Krampus is mean, mean old sort. It's cramping her style. 
Uh, it, yeah, so the Krampus snuck in the back of the tailor's shop, dropped the bag over her head, and yanked her out, and you've cornered it now. It has her in the sack. Uh, Neelith, you're up first in the order. What do you do? Uh, uh, hypnotic pattern. Uh, so you know for a fact that tulpas are immune to charm. I don't so. use hypnotic pattern. <laughs> <laughs> I, could, I guess I could just let you do that, but I just want to say, for the record, I don't want to come off as mean. Neelith is gonna cast Shatter. Oh, jeez. Uh, which, in this case, will be flavoured as throwing a plate real hard toward the ground. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's a constitution save, I believe. Uh, yeah, constitution saving throw. Is that, who, who, is that for just the target or for everyone within range? Uh, it's, a, it's a ten foot radius sphere, so I'm assuming this... Uh, I'm first in the door, I'm assuming it's ten feet yeah. away. Okay. 21. Krampus saves, but still takes half damage. Yes. You throw a plate into the dark building, and it explodes, and they're hit with shrapnel, and they kind of do a low uh, growling noise and hop up on a display case full of uh, Halloween masks and drop their sack. I rolled real, real bad on that shatter. Uh, That's four damage. Not good at all. The Krampus is only mildly annoyed, but it did drop the sack with Marina in it, uh, and it's now Slime's turn. I cast Ray of Sickness, third level, and it, <laughs> it do I do the hit one first, so it's a plus seven? Yeah, you roll, you roll the attack roll first, yeah, so it's a d20 plus seven for the attack roll. So I got 18. Mm-hmm. 18, then, all right, so you hold out your arm and you do the pus explosion you've done before? Um. Yeah, but it's just, uh, yes, but let's see how I roll on the thing and see if it's disgusting enough that would be 10 10 poison damage there and the krampus has constitution saving throw that it can make uh 19 krampus saves and so it's not poisoned at the end of your turn slime uh actually uh the shattered plate on the floor is going to become uh basically a cloud of shuriken everybody at the door dexterity saving throw 12 oh no um oh my goodness (laughs) let's see here uh 16 i am uh let's see here oh geez i can't help everyone here uh, only Aze succeeds so three damage to everyone but Aze as the krampus reaches down off the display case and like scoops up the shards of glass uh like from the plate i guess porcelain maybe and like you know heaves them back to sender and just riddles the the party with these shards mm-hmm. and kind of uh it's tongue lolling out very grossly uh as if to taunt you sexily <laughs> what <laughs> its tongue is lolling out to taunt you it's kind of like a little yeah sexily you know flirty <laughs> All right, that was a legendary action at the end of Slime's turn. It's actually now the Krampus's turn. So I think what it's going to do is leap up uh, and grab a display case full of real swords that they sell at Spirit Halloween and uh, rip it off the wall and uh, try to bring it down on uh, the two people who have entered. So uh, uh, dexterity saving throw again, but just Neely and Slime. (laughs) Five. Six. Six. Uh, Yep, so both of you fail. So basically, uh, with a five, Krampus is like leaping from display case to display case and brings down a whole uh, shelf of real swords down on Neelith and Slime as they enter the shop. Not not the damp squad. (laughs) 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is now dry team's uh, turn. Uh, first up, Genius of Grendel. I would like to cast Advanced Touch. Vampiric Toucha? Yeah, Advanced Toucha. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm going to bend space of time to bring my spooky uh, Freddy Krueger claw out, and I just wanted to stab it. Like, not even, like, in a cool... I just want, like, sex needles to be going straight to the Krampus's face. <laughs> okay, sick. Uh, so, roll attack. Uh, 13. That actually is the DC. That's the AC. Hot, 13. Hot dog. Awesome. What does uh, advanced uh, vampiric touch do? Uh, I mean, one more damage uh, dice, and then one more. It's half is healing, right? Uh, I get half the amount back as yep. hit points. Yeah. Yeah. So I think uh, you do one additional damage and heal five additional hit points. I I just I just want to give it a fear of plates. Can I do that? Can you give it a fear of plates? Yeah, because it wasn't afraid of Neil's plate, and I feel like that's <laughs> incorrect because everyone should be afraid of Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> I don't get the reference. I don't because know Stone about- Cold Steve Austin's entrance music starts with glass breaking, mm-hmm. and oh, composer shit. Uh, Jim Johnston said he specifically took the influence of the sound of somebody dropping a plate and it breaking is the reason why the song starts like that. Cause he says, when a plate drops, everyone in the room turns to pay attention to it. Yeah. I actually do know that sound. I've heard that. There you go. So 14 damage nerd. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, so you bend space and time to stab the Krampus in the face with your, with your gloves. I think that enrages the Krampus, which now attempts to uh, basically ram its entire body because the Krampus is very goat like it has the, the cloven hooves and the horns and is just going to try to bull rush you uh, genius of Grendel actually let's do a strength contest here you're probably still gonna win never mind I got 17 suck my nuts <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we got a chat in here. So the, the Krampus tries to bull rush you, and what you just don't, you just put on the parking brake and can just I, can look I him slam, in the eyes. Can I slam the door in his face? Yes, fuck, that's really good. Um, all right, so I think what happens is the you slam the door on the Krampus because you didn't actually enter the room. You bent space time to attack, and so you slam the door. Krampus hits it and is actually going to take damage, and then like shards are going to hit you because the the strength contest was to see if you were knocked prone. Uh, you're still going to take a little damage here, uh, so ten damage to both you and Krampus because it, it has to go through the door, which hurts it badly. But then it does hit you. It doesn't knock you prone because you won the strength contest, but you do get rammed by uh, you know a six foot uh, satyr like creature. So it's Aze's turn. <laughs> Uh, all right. So where is the Krampus right now? It's in the doorway, basically? It's literally in the doorway, yeah. If this was like a tactical turn-based strategy game, this is the least ideal place to be, because you can be attacked from all sides. Um, yeah, I think what, what Aze will do here is he will use his... Let me check here. Bonus action spells anything here. Uh, yeah, well, I think what he will do in this point is... Uh, maintain the scribe form on him and simply just use the fact that it's stuck in a door to do a pretty aggressive guiding bolt against it. Um, this one he will be casting as a second level spell. So let's just roll that D8. Uh, 
for the attack, that's a 27. Oh, yeah. For the attack roll, for the damage, 5d6. That's 19 damage from Aze as the uh, he has the two plates that he, uh, from before he holds them up. They rotate while hovering off of his hand, lock at a certain point, and then light forms in the center, shoots through, and then pierces at the Krampus, uh, doing uh, 19 radiant damage and leaving glistening constellations around its form temporarily to give advantage to the next attack roll. All right, at the end of your turn, uh, legendary action is going to attack you. 13. Uh, 13 will miss my armor class. All right, so I th- think the Krampus picks up like a shard of the door, like a wooden spear, and shucks it your way, and you uh, you know deflect it with your plates or with another beam maybe. You just like shoot it out of the air. Mm-hmm. That sounds about right, yep. And then it's Neelith's turn. Neelith is annoyed that the last attempt at combat did not go as planned, so... Mm-hmm. She's throwing the good china. Another shatter. <laughs> okay, the good the good china. Uh, that's a con. Boop. Six. All right. Okay, come ba-da-ba-da, on. Let's ba-da-ba-da. do some better damage this time, please. Uh-huh. Come on, come on, come on. Twelve. That is slightly better. Okay, so what happens, uh, Neilith, and you can help me paint this picture, is it's standing in the doorway, and it roars, and, you know, it holds out, it, like, has its big, sharp, bloody claws, like, primed, and it's, like, about to charge more people down, and you just chuck a really nice plate (gasps) at it. Oh, I know exactly what happens. Uh, Specifically, it's not just a really nice plate, it's a Christmas plate. Mmm. It's got a really nice mural of like you know of Sa- of S- Santa Claus you know like defeating um defeating Freddy Cougar in battle. It's a really nice Christmas plate. <laughs> and so this plate just like hits it square in the face while it's roaring, and then just blows its head off. Exactly. Like a grenade. I think it takes out the just the door frame too because I mean this isn't really your fault. Krampus broke the door, but I like the idea that whoever's store this is is gonna come back and the front of their their building is gonna have been blown apart. Yeah, and the problem is is that once there's shards of the Christmas plate on the floor, like where else is the nice Christmas plate gonna have come from? Everyone knows that those get rolled out every year. Uh, so I think the the first uh, property damage uh, on the Moist Watches, uh, I'm going to say the Moist Watches watch, on the Moist Watches... Reign of Terror? I mean, yeah, turf? Sure, sure. <laughs> is this this uh, Spirit Halloween is b- badly damaged, uh, but the Krampus, uh, after having its head blown off by the Shatter, uh, kind of stumbles around headless and then dissolves into black goo and, you know, slinks off into the snowstorm. Uh... First, first uh, important thing is to check on, check on Marina. <laughs> in that case, oh yeah, she's she's trapped in the the big Santa's bag. It's like blood stained and like probably made from like flayed skin, and she's like trapped inside of it and just like, oi, help me out of here. Just, uh, just one moment. Uh, he's going to try to untie the bag. Probably not very well, but. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's no... Re- yeah, you'll get it. No need to roll for that. Oh. But eventually get it out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Marina comes crawling out with all four arms, be like, man, I fucking hate the Krampus! I hate him! Well, I take... Well, that's the answer to our question about <clears throat> what was... what might have manifest, but... 
I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you're doing okay. I scared it off with the power of Christmas. That's the most powerful power. <sighs> and we're going to have to tidy up this place before spring. Yeah, so that's like a side quest that's been added to your log is fix Spirit Halloween now with swords. Find, yeah. find corpse, fix See, Spirit Halloween. Austin, Hall. here's the secret. Here's the secret. We don't have to do that because you didn't make one of the NPCs be from there and therefore no NPC can be mad at us. No, it's okay. I can cast puke mending. Oh, that's where Bloops lives, though. Yeah, Bloops, the uh, seasonal worker who only works here during the traveling time and then travels back to their family during the winter because they're cowards and can't put up with the snow. So, Yeah, I think there's too much damage for Slime to mend it all right now, but I like that as like her downtime scene is that her and another NPC come back and they fix the building with puke. That's mm. <laughs> that's on brand. That's, whole, that's wholesome. That's wholesome, yeah. Um, but yeah, so now you can actually finish your conversation with Marina, which is so rudely interrupted. We can we can walk back to your uh, to your shop while we talk, Marina. But yes, uh, you can see why we're trying to deal with this entity as soon as we can. Fucking Krampus, hate his shit, hate him so much. We you saying before all this that there was someone else that might have had some of your needles? That was uh, Sun Moon Stars, I believe it was. Oh yeah, we've been working on the the Young Day celebration. We've been planning. We have uh, all kinds of you know little projects. Uh, we have floats. We have uh, what? Okay, so now we are going to together. Uh, I guess workshop a holiday and its attendant. Uh, <laughs> traditions uh but uh the important thing i think marina says is yeah me and sun moon stars are in charge of planning for it so i mean if anybody has any more needles it'd be her how long ago did you start planning i mean we've been we've been talking about it on and off you know i mean we we're in charge every year but we only really started uh in earnest last night is not last night when the things started. Last night, uh, Potter went to walk Venta home from the dogberry, and that's when he stepped on the needle and all this started. Hmm. I think we might have a path to where this might have originated, or at least a person who might have been around when it originated. I, f I feel like going to talk to Sun, Moon, Stars would be the logical next place to go. Yeah, we might as well go. We got might as well go. Make sure we're measured for our graves before we die. Um, <laughs> we are prepping for a TPK, so you know, speed running that is really important. Okay, uh, important question, Slime. Do you leave Cat uh, with Marina to hang out in the shop, or you take Cat home? Oh, I take Cat home and give them one good pet. Aw, and they try and bite me, but then I leave. <laughs> Yeah, so you you leave Mar Marina in the shop. You tell her to like lock the doors, and then you walk Cat back to Slimes on the way to the cemetery. You you t put Cat back inside. He takes off part of your pinky finger, and then, he, and then you nod and say yes, it's one, exactly. Thank it's you. One of our, it's yes. one of our it jokes. There, it's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, it's a classic Cat move. And then you all walk over to the cemetery. I think you can see it from a, a distance away because of these crystal flowers that grow only here. I think the only place in the world these flowers grow. Um, and it's just like a beautiful uh, sight even from a distance, even in the snow. 
Um, and I think you see some moon stars like sleeping on top of a, uh, what's it called? A crypt? Like, you know, the, the above ground stone uh, burial mm-hmm. situation. Mm-hmm. I run up to Sun Moon Stars as fast as I can and put my face so close to to their face, but not touching. Okay, Sun Moon Stars is like uh, laying on this uh, stone sarcophagus above ground. You will get up right in her face uh, to remind the audience she is an uh, she's an Asimar goblin, which is uh, you know uh, an angel goblin. But just like she just looks like a normal goblin here, like asleep, and then she opens her eyes, which are two like two floodlights, um, and you're an inch away from her face, so she's shining right into your face, and she says, "Hello, my love," and she gives you a little Hello. little kiss on your nose. Mwah. Yay! <laughs> she was not expecting that, so you, you got her. <laughs> I have a question. Yes. Why does this town need a full-time gravedigger when there are only 10 people in town? I thought we described this in detail during downtime, but a lot of people die on the journey to the summit and then to, while exploring the new world. People want their family to visit them, and that's too dangerous in the new world, so they get buried here so their families can visit them. Mm-hmm. But what do you do during the months where we are in blizzard? <laughs> I mostly hang out with slime. Okay, dokey. <sighs> I, I mean, it's it's look, genius. It's not like like this is a job that you know we could just do without for six months over the winter. In ca- in case someone did die, we need to still have someone for that. I like the idea of the genius of Grendel rolling into an elementary school and be like, yeah, what are you doing during the summer, you sack of shit? You lying little bitch? Come back here. What do you do on your time off? <laughs> oh, oh, boy. <laughs> Just... <laughs> uh, terrible. Anyways. Uh... Hey. Um, so, we have... A bit of a problem going around town at the moment. Uh, short version, nightmares are becoming real and attacking everyone. I dreamed. <gasps> wow, that's so big for you. What did you dream? What did I dream? Well, I had a terrible nightmare. Have you considered not taking drugs? So, uh, what did you have a nightmare about? Because it might become real and it's probably very important we know what's <laughs> what's on the table. Well, I have this terrible recurring nightmare about falling. Falling forever. Well, at least you're grounded for the time being. And with that, all of you feel a terrible rushing weightlessness as you are ripped off the ground and pulled into the sky. Ozzy's just Ozzy will just take a note in his note in his book and say, I need to learn to keep my mouth shut at times like this. I was swallowing the pack, all swallowed in the coats, with scars of red tied round their throats to keep their little heads. From falling in the snow And I turn round and there you go And Michael you would fall And turn the white snow red And strawberries in the summertime